Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, one of those uh, nights where, you know, if you don't laugh about it, you'd be crying about it. Padres lose um, really without much fight at all to the Giants in game one tonight down at Petco. Seven at two, trailed six nothing after two and a half innings. And that's all she wrote. John Schaefer with you on the wrap up show. Probably a, a decent night for Jim to be traveling east. Jim is making his way for Philadelphia tonight where he's going to be for a couple of nights. Uh, I'll be with you here on the wrap up show over the next couple of games and same old story. I mean, in August, to completely forget, as bad as you can possibly play in August, to come home from a one-in-five trip and play like this says all you need to know about the 2023 San Diego Padres, as disappointing of a team as you can possibly imagine as they lose here tonight, again, 7-2, without much fight, um, and with a whole month to go and literally nothing to play for other than to get to 2024 healthy, and to potentially put themselves in a better position when it comes to the 2024 draft, as stupid and dumb as that sounds. But that's where we are right now with these Padres losing here today, um, really as bad as you can play. Um, the multiple errors in the third inning, um, just sloppy and bad at bats and really wasted opportunities against Sean Maniah. Bases loaded. Two on, nobody out, couldn't score, finally scratched across a couple of runs late, but the game was over. I mean, you can't go down 6 nothing to anyone. They haven't overcome a five-run deficit all year. So what makes you believe that tonight was going to be any different? And you got two teams just heading in completely opposite directions. The Giants trying to get to the postseason and the Padres trying to avoid a 2019 or 2021 finish. But at this point, you know, maybe it prefer it to be honest i mean maybe you prefer the 2019 or 2021 finish to get some real change in this organization and potentially improve your draft stock for 2024 again as dumb as that sounds and you got to stay healthy by the way if Machado's not healthy he's going to have to sit in september if xander bogars isn't healthy if you saw his at bat and was it the eighth inning with a runner third and one out um if these guys aren't healthy they shouldn't be playing and they should go on the il and that's where they should finish the season and they should call up guys from double and triple A and rosters expand tomorrow for whatever that's worth. Not really much. Um, they'll go from 26 to 28, but 
Um, this is getting to a point where it's, I mean, how can you tell me this is any different from 2019 and 2021? All right, John Schaefer with you here on the wrap-up show. If you are here, please subscribe. If you are here, if you wouldn't mind subscribing to our brand new channel, John and Jim, where we have even more Padres content, click the link in the description down below. We're within like 70 subscribers of getting to 1,000 in our first month. Would appreciate it if you subscribe to John and Jim, our brand new channel. If you subscribe to this channel as well, smash the like button for you, for me if you wouldn't mind here tonight. Follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. Appreciate the supers, especially on a night like tonight where it's hard for me to keep up with the chat because I'm doing the show solo. Just click the dollar sign below the chat box. We will get to every single super here tonight, if you want to become a member of the channel and support our work, you can do so by clicking the join button down below. You get custom emojis, badges, and content as well from us here. Um, you know, Padres, again, went on the road, had a chance to do a lot better against the Cardinals than they did. The crushing losses on final swings from the Cardinals in each of the last two games, the only times the Cardinals led in the series were on their walk-off wins in games two and three of the series. And then the Padres come home and they're hitless until there are two outs in the fifth inning. And they're trailing 6 nothing. And, you know, the, the, the group you feel worse for is everyone here tonight. I mean, every Padre fan that is watching this, that is attending this, that is stomaching this, it's just unbelievable to go through this each and every night and there's just no change i mean no change whatsoever soto hitless machado hitless bogart hitless you know i mean what else can you say um no fight at all three errors guys playing out of position maybe because of injury um you know a couple of plays at first by batten that you'd love to have back yeah san francisco had four five six hits in that third inning but it should not have been a six run inning it just should not have been a six run inning it completely spiraled hassan kim who's been unbelievable defensively had a, a play that he makes 99 percent of the time that he did not make i think that was ruled a hit not an error and the thing completely was over in the third inning and the easiest bet of the night if you listen to us on john and jim I brought it up specifically. I'm like, why are the Padres favored tonight? Why on earth are the listless Padres that have shown us literally nothing in August? They they acquire at the trade deadline. They're six and seventeen, I think, in their last twenty three games. They come home and they're favored against the Giants, who have won three or four against Cincinnati and Atlanta coming in, and San Francisco has something to play for. And the Padres are pitching, you know, whom? I mean, Pedro Avila, who lost six runs in this game, I get it. Only one was earned, but you got to get out of the inning, right? He allowed five hits in the inning. Thank the Lord for Matt Waldron eating five innings. Um, and then Ray Kerr worked the, uh, the final inning for the Padres. But is anything going to change in September? Do you want it to change? And what change do you need to see with this organization? I mean, seriously, what change do you need to see with this organization? Like, in what world is this acceptable? In what world... Is 62 and 73 with a team with a $250 million payroll acceptable? And to play like this, I don't care who they're playing for. And I've been critical of Bob Melvin. I can't put all this on Bob Melvin. I can. I mean, you look at some of these at bats and you look at the way they're playing in these games and how listless they are, even in front of 40,000 people. Not a sellout, but a good crowd for a team that's 11 games under 500 on a Thursday night, isn't it? I mean, a good crowd for a team that's 11 games under 500, I think. And that's the performance that you show here tonight. I get you might say, well, it's 101-62. No, it's not. I mean, this is the story of the season. I mean, this is who the Padres are. Listless, often on offense, out of games early, unable to come back from any deficit. Not that tonight was going to be the night, trailing 6 nothing, But 
Um, you know, Giants in a relative bullpen game from Junis to Manaya and nothing of substance until the eighth inning. And even that solo run, ninth inning, solo run, right? I mean, just you load the bases, you can't score. Two on, nobody out, you ground into a double play. Final sequence of the game, ground ball, double play. Just you want to see more. I mean, you absolutely want to see more. Maybe you don't. I mean, I'm, I talked about this today on John and Jim. And again, if you're here, subscribe. If you're here, thank you for the supers. Click the dollar sign below the chat box. We'll get to every single super. Um, you know, Padres have three more wins than the sixth worst team in baseball this year. And the reason I bring it up, and I think this is accurate. I saw it on social. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the worst six teams in record, including teams that are over the CBT, keep their picks in that first round. If the Padres finish with the seventh worst record, knowing the Padres luck, they will. Then their pick drops 10 spots because of the CBT and the fact that they're over that competitive, uh, competitive balance tax. So if they have the seventh worst record, they pick 17th. Again, who really cares? It's not like it's not football or basketball. It's not like you draft someone fifth and then all of a sudden they're, you know, your ace in 2024 or your starting center fielder in 2024, but you'd prefer probably to have the sixth pick as opposed to the 17th pick. You get my point or the fifth pick as opposed to the 20th pick or whatever it is. I mean, is it a kind of a tank for two, a situation a little bit right now with the Padres? I mean, based on how they played in August, why would you even expect anything else? And then B, why would they all of a sudden start playing better? It's like at this point, it's all for naught. It has literally no value. It would almost be counterintuitive if not comical, if the Padres in September all of a sudden looked like an actual competent baseball team and organization. I mean, they've, let's see, how many games are left? They're 62 and 73. Um, someone help me out there, 135. They have 27 games left. I think I have that right. Um, so in their final 27 games, I mean, what's the motivation to go 17 and 10 and finish with 79 wins wouldn't you just prefer they go 10 and 17 and maybe you have a shot at one of the worst six records in baseball to hold on to that pick and then the other thing is what's the motivation to play anyone when you know you have literally nothing to play for and you have to be healthy in 2024 uh, Joe Musgrove has talked repeatedly about a desire to come back that's foolish that's craziness you Darvis today said it would be uh, you know I'm paraphrasing right now but something along the lines of it would be disrespectful and disingenuine if you didn't attempt to come back, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. You're 37 and your health in 2024 is way more important than anything you could possibly accomplish in 2023. Manny Machado has battled injury after injury each of the last couple of years as a Padre. And he's still playing third. Yes, he's getting a lot of time off at third as well, but he's got the elbow situation. He's mired in a season long slump. At some point, you got to know. Went to shut it down. Xander Bogarts with the wrist has been mired in a season-long slump. At some point, you need to know that you got to shut it down, right? Um, Tatis has been taxed. He just has. He spoke about it today. He said he was proud of you know, his own individual performance this year, which I don't disagree with. The fact that he's kind of separated from the noise, stayed healthy to this point, and put together at least a productive season, nowhere near his career numbers. He has to be much better in 2024, but you know, he has been able to stay on the field, knock on wood. Um, and then Juan Soto's August, I don't have the numbers in front of me because I'm doing this, but somebody could, I mean, somebody put it in the chat if you have a splits. Like Juan Soto's August numbers cannot be good. They just, I mean, they're bad, is what they are. So 
then you got the Cronenworth injury and you got the Suarez suspension beginning tonight. I mean, anything that can go wrong has gone wrong for the Padres. Anything that can go wrong has gone wrong um, for the Padres. All right, let me get to – hold on. I'm texting Jim. Um, let me get to the first super of the night. If you're here, subscribe. If you're here, thank you for the super. Seriously, great way to support the channel. We'll get to all the supers here tonight. Um, that one, Homie's Garage. Thank you, man. Seriously, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here. Thank you for the super. He says, would you give someone $300 million plus to someone who openly admits he quits? You're talking about Soto, obviously. Um, you know, in retrospect or hindsight, I didn't really mind the transparency and honesty nor the frustration i think we've all been in a spot where you know you probably um wish you could cool off but maybe when you're a professional athlete you can't always pull uh, cool off and they play you know 160 plus games or whatever it is so th there's a chance that in a moment of frustration you're going to say something you probably wish you had back but there is no question to your point that there was some truth in what he was saying and what he said was as clear as day which was the Padres, you know, do quit on whether it's plate appearances or games or situations or moments. And you can't escape that. I mean, he said it. And even if it was out of frustration, it, even if he didn't fully mean it, even if he wasn't being literal, he said it. And there has to be a semblance of truth in what he said. Now, am I going to judge Juan Soto solely on that comment? No, of course not. Um, now, does he need to be does he need to be judged based on his tenure as a Padre? And do you have to ask yourself, you know, is he worth whatever he's going to be asking for or what he could get on the open market? I think that's fair. Um, and I think he probably made a pretty big mistake not taking that deal from the Nationals at four hundred forty million dollars. I don't see him getting it unless he has some ridiculous resurgence in twenty twenty four, which of course is possible. He'll be just twenty twenty five, or excuse me, twenty five in twenty twenty four, twenty five years of age. You know, and maybe he puts it all together and, you know, hits 300 with a, you know, 440 on base and hits 37 home runs and drives in 100 runs or whatever, you know, we'd be looking for in 2024. Maybe that changes the, the math on it or the equation, but I don't, I don't see the $440 million contract from Juan Soto. And I've been an apologist. I've been a supporter. I would not move him in the offseason. I think you got a better chance of, of winning with him. Um, even with his struggles, you know, he's a 900 type OPS hitter because of all the walks. So, you know, I'm not a proponent of just moving him this offseason to move him in an effort to maybe, you know, improve my system and put me in a better position maybe in 2025, but put myself in a worse spot in 2024. I want to see the Padres win in 2024. But with each passing day in 2023, it's harder for me to envision this being a World Series caliber team. We talked about that today. How can you win 70 games and then the next year be a World Series caliber team? There are examples. Uh, Baltimore last year, by the way, was not a 70-win team. They finished over 500. But there are, of course, examples of teams that aren't very good that all of a sudden get good. But they're fewer and far between than the examples of the Atlanta Braves that are consistently good or the LA Dodgers or the Houston Astros that are consistently good. So it's not that it's impossible. It's just... I feel like we'd be selling a fake, you know, bill of goods to say all off season long, oh, it's complete one off and everything's going to change course in 2024 and they're going to look nothing like 2023 and they're going to be really good in clutch situations and they're going to be good 
went trailing in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, and they're going to have a lot of rallies, right? And they're going to have a lot of multiple run innings. I mean, are they? If the core returns, is all of a sudden Manny Machado and Xander Bogarts and Fernando Tatis Jr. and Juan Soto going to look like completely different hitters? Are they going to hit in the clutch? Is this an aberration? Is this a one-off? And nobody really knows the answer because nobody knows the future, and we can't predict what happens in 2024. But, man, there's some question marks heading into 2024. Man, there are some question marks. Um, yeah, I mean, Mark, I've talked about this. Uh, excuse me, I pulled up the wrong chat. I mean, Mark, our title sponsor, what's going on, man? I'll tell you about our title sponsor, Mark Nimitz, in a moment. Um, did it feel this bad, Mark? I mean, you, did it feel this bad? This team, if they get anywhere near 76 wins, will be a remarkable accomplishment with 27 games to play. Are they going to go 14 and 13? No. So I don't know if they sniff 76 wins. Not that that necessarily matters. I mean, this team could finish six, seven games worse than that 1997 team. Plus, there were big additions in 1998. And I don't know if this team's going to be able to make those type of additions or not. Uh, potentially. Will there be changes? There there absolutely have to be changes. Um, I think it's a decent comp. I think the point is valid. I've made it before. 96, good. 97, bad. 98, really good. So I think the jury uh, remains out on that, as in, are they going to be good in 2024? If so, we can make that comp. Um, but what if 2024 looks more like 2023? I think there's more reasons right now to believe that 2024 is going to look like 2023, as opposed to 2024 is going to look like 1998. Hope I'm wrong. But I think that, I mean, I need some indicators. I need some reasons to, I mean, what's the reason to believe? New manager? I mean, what else, what's going to really change? Darvish, Musgrove, I mean, you're losing Hater and Snell, presumably. You have, you know, your top five hitters in terms of stardom back, presumably. Your big four, Jake Cronenworth. And then you've got question marks in your bullpen, closer, bench bottom four or five in your order of course you have Hassan Kim back for a final year so you you know you you have some you, you have some you know lineup security I guess although the lineup of course has underperformed here this year so is it just a run it back with the lineup and they're going to do better in 2024 and that's what we're all banking on and and maybe that works I mean you got legit major league hitters that are capable of performing better than they have and they're not you know at the end of their career they're not 39 they're 31 um so maybe, maybe that does happen, Mark. It's a possibility, right? But unfortunately, it's, I would say this, it's far from a guarantee. It's far from a guarantee. It's a possibility. Um, but man, we're going to have to see it. We're going to have to see it early on. They got to get off to a good start next year. They just do. And this year, it's not like they got off to an awful start. They were 18 and 15, but um, they got to get off to a good start. They really do in 2024. While we have a moment since Mark is in the chat, I need to tell you about his title uh, sponsorship with us, his support of this channel. He's a great insurance agent. I've had insurance through Mark for two, two and a half years, Mark, at this point. Auto. Um, not actually, excuse me. I have life insurance. I have homeowner's insurance. I have earthquake insurance. I need to pick up an auto policy through Mark as well. He is a great insurance agent. And here's the deal. He can save you a lot of money just by switching. I'm talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars just by switching. If you ever have a claim, you call Mark. He takes care of everything. He can save your family time and money. We had a flood in here in 2022. He took care of everything. Made it so seamless, so easy. He's a great insurance agent. You can take that from me personally. 
Mark is a San Diegan. He's a huge Padres fan. Call him. He'll talk to you about the Padres struggles. He'll talk to you about saving money on your insurance. You can see his website on the screen right now. You can click the link in the description down below to get to his site. You get free quotes online or just by calling him. Whatever it is, auto, home, renter's life, business, condo, earthquake, right? We all have policies. If you're looking for a new policy, let Mark give you a quote. If you're looking to renew before you renew, call Mark because he's going to save you money. And again, if you support our work, please support our title sponsor. We would never be able to do this without Mark. We never would have gotten this off the ground. So we can't do this without your support, our viewers, live or on replay, and we can't do it without Mark. So again, if you have an insurance need, please support a business here in San Diego that does business with us. And Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance is our title sponsor. Thank you, Mark. All right, let me get back to uh, the Supers. And this is from Brian. Brian, I appreciate it, man. Uh, he says, all things considered, roster, talent, money. An argument can be made that the 2023 Padres are one of, if not the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Interesting you say it that way, Brian, because I think it's a good point. I think it's kind of like when we say like best pound-for-pound pound fighter or best basketball player at six feet tall. Yeah, when you add it all up, you got the Mets and the Padres when you add it all up. Where I'd give the Mets a little bit of an edge is at least they knew who they were and at least they cut their losses at the trade deadline with the scherzer Verlander situations in August with complete overhauls of their front office, including today with all types of changes and firings, saying that this isn't good enough and this isn't acceptable and being able to read the room and knowing that chasing down a wildcard berth in 2023 was a completely failed experiment and a really bad idea. Padres didn't see it that way. Peter Seidler, AJ Preller, presumably, they did you know slight ads at the deadline. None of it has worked. Rich Hill, Garrett Cooper, G-Man Choi, Scott Barlow, nothing has worked the way you wanted it to. The team's been awful in August. And you could absolutely argue that they put themselves back because they didn't get what they could have gotten for either Blake Snell and or Josh Hader. And I'm not going to completely kill them for it, even though you know what I advocated for, whether you listen to me on radio, John and Jim are here on the wrap-up show. We knew who they were after 100 games. I think an unbiased observer knew who they were. You get too close to it, and maybe you have a different feeling about it. And I think ultimately that might have been what happened here with the organization. And the other thing that I respect is that they didn't want to wave the white flag for a fan base that's been so incredibly loyal. And I understand that, and that's reasonable. But the way this team is performing isn't fair to the fan base either. When they come home from a 1-5 and homestand and are getting no hit into the fifth inning and trailing 6 nothing in the third inning and show no signs of life, is that fair to the fan base? I mean, it's just been a bad team. And they didn't recognize it until it was well too late. I think they finally recognized it because they didn't put any waiver claims in for any of these angels um, that were waived or put on waivers you know, within the last week. But, Brian, your point's spot on. I mean, if it's the Padres, it's the Padres. If it's the Mets, it's the Mets. I think Scott Miller told Darnay Tripp on his podcast, the On Fryer podcast, our buddy Darnay, who's sometimes in the chat, um, joins us on the radio all the time. A uh, great resource for Padres fans on NBC7. I think Scott Miller told Darnay today that there's an argument to be made for the 2023 Padres to be one of the most disappointing teams in the history of baseball. That's Scott's words. So that backs up Brian's point. And I think there's um, there's some real credence to what you're saying, Brian. I really do believe that. Unfortunately, I mean, the, the fact that it's gotten here is a reflection on everyone associated with the product, every single person. We spoke yesterday on the radio about the Padres culture compared it to San Diego State athletics. 
Um, specifically the men's basketball successes under Steve Fisher and Brian Dutcher, uh, the team first mentality as opposed to the me um, mentality that you've heard from this team about, hey, I don't want to bat second. Hey, I need to hit fifth. Blake Snell talking about his ERA in August and how run should be unearned, not earned. Juan Soto saying the team quits. Um, Joe Musgrove talking all year repeatedly about urgency, right? I mean, they, they just – they don't have the secret sauce right now. Now, they had it in 2022, late, and I can't fully explain it. Um, it was the right time to be playing the way they were playing down the stretch those final couple of weeks after not playing great for three or four months. And then the Mets series – coupled with the Dodgers series were some of the, you know, better times this franchise has had over the last 25 years before they ran in to the Phillies. So, I, you know, I've said it a lot. I think they deserve credit for what happened in 2022. We should not erase that. That should be a celebrated team. There were some really amazing moments in 2022, including last year against the Mets and the Dodgers, and even a game two win against the Phillies. With that being said, we can't also erase or eliminate 2023, and we can't pretend as if this hasn't happened. And the truth is, this is professional sports. And what matters at the end of the day is, A, what have you done for me lately? And B, are you capable of winning at the highest level? And nobody cares about Ethan Salas, even though we all care about Ethan Salas. But you can't tell me that, yeah, we went 70 and 92, but we developed Ethan Salas. You need to be able to win at the major league level and develop players in the minor league system because this just isn't good enough. And this is not going to fly, especially with expectations, with a rabid fan base, with the dollar spent by Peter Seidler. So I don't know where you want to start the blame or end the blame, but there's a lot of blame to go around. There's just a lot of blame to go around. And I don't know what change occurs to get this thing back on track in 2024. To Mark's point, maybe it's a one-off, like the 96-98 with 97 sandwiched in between. Maybe 22 and 24 look like that with 23 sandwiched in between or maybe this time around 19 and 21 and 23 there's just too many similarities that there are some problems at hand and we're heading down a similar path now in 2024 it's hard to know it really is um thank you here fujiwara for your support and for your super chat guys if you're here subscribe if you're here, thank you for the supers. Click the dollar sign below the chat box. John Schaefer with you on the wrap-up show. Please subscribe to our brand-new channel, by the way. Click the link in the description down below. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers on John and Jim. We're within about 60 or 70 of doing that. So thank you guys for your support. Even more Padres content over there. Um, okay, so Fujiwara says, Oakland A's will mathematically eliminate us as true poetic justice. Also, I paid two plain hot dogs for 18 bucks. I feel they are milking our money. Yeah, I don't know when the Padres will officially be eliminated. We're not anywhere near that. But to your point, the Oakland series is still, you know, a week or two away. I mean, the Padres, as stupid as it sounds, are somehow single digits back of a wild card spot. I mean, they're eight and a half back. The season's over. They're tied with Washington. They're a half game better than the Mets, and the Mets have been awful. They're a half game better than the Pirates. I mean, they're, they're only three and a half games from having the second to worst record in the national league. Like consider that. And that goes to my point about, can they finish with a bottom six record? But um, yeah, they're going to be eliminated with 10 to 15 games to play would be my guess because they will be somewhere in that 10 to 15 games out at that point. And maybe the math would have them eliminated earlier because of the games that are going to be played between teams that are in front of them. So they will be eliminated in the next, I don't know, seven to 14 days. 10 to 
17 days, somewhere in there, you know, 10 to 15 days from now, they'll be eliminated, which is, I mean, to play no meaningful games after the all-star break, basically after losing three or four to the Phillies and, you know, they got to 55 and 56. Okay. I mean, that's kind of the high watermark of the season in terms of like pushing towards the end of the year and having a shot 55 and 56. And they're going to finish under 500 from May 10th on. I mean, there's just no reason for excitement. Nothing to get excited about all year long. Isn't that amazing? All year long. Thank you, Max. So the elimination number is 20. So it could, it could be a while. It, it could be much later in September if it's 20 because – you know, they could lose 10 games. But then again, with all the teams in front of them, Max, to your point, I mean, somebody's winning every night. You got like five, six, seven teams in front of you. So it's not just you losing. If teams in front of you are winning, I mean, it actually, it'll be a couple of weeks. It's not going to be probably longer than a couple of weeks. You know, it probably won't be longer than a couple of weeks. Um, Man, man, I just, it's really like, it's really mind-boggling stuff. It really is mind-boggling stuff that has gotten this bad. And remember, with some of the crazy parts of this where it's like deja vu all over again. It's like Bob Melvin literally said, and I'm not putting this on Melvin. I'm really not. But he literally said, like, we're not going to quit and we're not going to be in a spot like we were in 2021. Again, paraphrasing. And they're literally playing like 2021. They are literally playing like 2019. There is no difference. Someone convinced me there's a difference between what we saw in 2019 and 2021 and what we've seen in 2023. I'll wait. I mean, six and 17 over the last 23 games with 27 to play, half of these games against teams that have something to play for, you know, over the next couple of weeks. Like, there's no assurance that the Padres play even half decently down the stretch. If anything, if you're, you know, if you're going to bet on one or the other, are they going to look like crap? Are they going to play well? Everyone's going to bet on the, the former, that they're going to look like crap would be my guess. And why is it because of what Juan Soto said? Hey, they, they quit. Is it because they've had too many injuries to overcome here in the second half of the year? Bad excuse for their overall positioning, but as it handy, you know, as it put them in a tough spot here in the second half of the season, Musgrove, Darvish, Suarez. Yeah, I guess, but that's not a legitimate excuse. They actually have been relatively healthy. Every team deals with something. Every deal Every team deals with actually more than just something. And this team hasn't been dealing with catastrophic injuries all year long. They have dealt with injuries, as most teams do. They have not overcome them. And even when they've been healthy, they have failed repeatedly time and time again in a myriad of ways. Close games, uh, small deficits, um, anti-clutch, 6-22 and 22 in one-run games. I think the worst winning percentage in baseball history if they finish at that winning percentage or worse. And again, it goes back to kind of the initial point. Like, you blame all, but who takes the fall? Because there is no world where you go 70 and 92 with a $250 million payroll and draw 3.2 million fans, and there isn't real decisive action and change. Is there? I mean, is there a world where they say to us on October 2nd, tough luck, 6-22 and 22 in one-run games, own 11 in extras, we had injuries in the second half, we think we'll be better next year. I don't think it works. I don't think that flies. For the hundreds of people that are here right now live and the thousands of people that are going to watch this on replay, you're all going to say, give me a break. And that's, that's what's going to happen. It's just going to be better just because, just because it's going to be better. In 2023, I, I just don't see it. 
Charles, thank you, man, for the very generous super chat. Guys, if you are here, subscribe. If you're here, appreciate the supers. Just click that dollar sign below the chat box. I'll interact with all the supers. Get to them all, including this one from our friend Charles, who's in the chat. He says, 2024 luxury tax payroll already at $180 million, and that does not include Soto Contract. And only two of five current starters signed, both of whom are hurt now and no closer. Can't wait. That's kind of the the other side of the coin. I mean, the, the side that I've kind of been discussing. And by the way, like to Mark's point, where it's like hopefully 24 looks like 98, it absolutely could. So that's something to consider. But it could also unfortunately look like, um, you know, 2023. So that's something to consider. And I, and I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen. The reason I'm concerned is because of something like what Charles just brought up, which is like you, you have the the money tied up already. Soto dollars will go up, presumably in arbitration. I think he's getting something like 23 right now, and I think the projections are he gets between 27 and 30 next year. So, you know, give him another, you know, four to $7 million. And then, yeah, I mean, you're starting pitching. You're going to need to, to add. We'll see about Waka and Lugo, even with both of them back in the fold, you're going to need to add, even with Darvish and Musgrove. Um, so the overall point I think Charles is making, and the point we've made repeatedly on the wrap-up show, is they don't have a lot of payroll flexibility, which goes to back to the initial premise of like, for those that are like, get rid of Preller, get rid of Melvin, get rid of whomever, right? Make these trades. Even changing the general manager doesn't give the next general manager a lot of opportunities, at least in the short term, to make wholesale potentially necessary change because of these large contracts, multi-years, and the payroll that's already tied up in these deals with this core. So, you know, just because you change GM doesn't mean you've really changed anything with the construction of the 2024 Padres. Around the edges, of course you are. Of course you are. And you could be changing it for 2025 and beyond, but in the immediate, in the 2024, I don't know if it's going to matter who the general manager manager is, to be honest with you. And I don't know if it's going to matter who the manager is in 2024. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe a GM can can change things quickly. A new GM, maybe things can change once again under AJ Preller. There, there have been some highs and lows, obviously, under Preller. I think more lows than highs. Um, you know, I think changing manager is not going to be perceived well in terms of trusting AJ Preller to hire another manager. I'm not saying that the fan base is going to revolt because Bob Melvin has let go if that's the case, but I do think the fan base isn't going to be exactly thrilled with the idea of AJ Preller trying to get something right that he's repeatedly gotten wrong. So that's kind of where we are. It's a good point. It's like you wish you could just wash your hands of 2023 and clean slate. 2024, but I don't know if you can fully do it. I think some of it on one hand is a good thing because you got real strong players in theory if they play to their abilities in the Manny Machados, Juan Soto's, right? The, the core four, the Musgroves, the Darvishes, the Robert Suarez's, the Jake Cronenworth, the Hassan Kims. I just mentioned eight, nine guys. That's a, that's a real core, but they got to perform collectively. They all need to perform and they all need to stay healthy and it's hard to know if something like that is going to happen or not. And if it doesn't happen, is there enough depth? Is there enough money to go around to the rest of the roster? Because even a core of eight or nine with a 26-man roster isn't enough to carry you through 162 games, as evidenced, of course, here by this 2023 season. 
So these are interesting times, and there are going to be a lot of questions throughout the month of September. There's just going to be a lot of questions about what direction are they heading down? Are we going to hear from Peter Seidler in September, or will he wait until the season ends? Will we hear from A.J. Preller in September, or will he wait until the season ends? I mean, the Mets made decisive moves and took action today in August. They didn't even wait to September, let alone October. And this was a team that already had sold off parts, the Mets, at the end of July, where the Padres actually added to their team at the end of July. And the two teams were separated by like one game through 100 games. So are the Padres willing to look themselves in the mirror and say, we got this wrong, how do we get it right? Or are they going to go down a path that nobody else wants to go down, but they're in this, you know, in this fake world where they think that everything is fine and that what happened in 2023 can't possibly repeat itself in 2024. Uh, let me get back to another super that's rolled in here, guys. Thank you. Subscribe and thank you for the supers. Just click that dollar sign below the chat box. Uh, Cheese Dog, what's going on, man? Thank you for your super. He says, what's the worst part about minor leagues? Long bus rides. Keep the faith. All right, so we're going to go off topic for a minute. I think it's fair after 35 or 40 consecutive minutes of talking about this 2023 team and this embarrassing loss to the Giants today. Um, the worst, so here's the thing with minor league baseball. It's complete labor of love. Um, and that includes the players. Of course, a lot of these players, if they end up in the major leagues, can make tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. So you can get paid off, right, if you're a player. Not really as much if you're a broadcaster, although broadcasters can make it to the major leagues as well. But it, it's not glamorous, minor league baseball. It's changed a lot since I first got in in 2003. There's way more off days. The travel has improved. The geography of the leagues has tightened a little bit. There's less coast-to-coast or 15, 20 hour bus rides than there used to be, but they still do exist. Yeah, I would say that the worst part is probably when I was doing it, my first at least five years, it was like 140 games and 148 days. And that was with a three game All Star break. So you'd have five off days, one a month, plus the All Star break. You'd play 140 in 148. When I got to AAA, I think it was 144 in 152. The major league schedule has so many more off days than that. So the minor league schedule used to be so compact. Now they have every Monday off and they've stretched it out another two or three weeks. So I would just say the fact that it's kind of a, it's just a grind. And there's like when people say no days off, like literally no days off. And when you have a day off, it feels like you have like a, a month long vacation. Like, man, I have a whole day. It's like the world is your oyster. So yeah, the bus rides and buses breaking down or the air conditioning not working on the bus or cramped quarters or tiny press boxes or issues with your equipment right i mean all the official score situations i remember one time i don't even know the circumstance i have no idea what i was fighting for but i like fought <laughs> i didn't fight but i like was making my case with the score why he got it wrong and he should like reconsider and the guy like kicked me out of the press box in Salem, Virginia. I thought I was going to lose my job. I thought I was going to get fired. Um, I had to like, I don't even know what happened. I called our manager and our manager like fixed the whole thing. But, it, you know, it's just, it's just a different world. And I was young and it's just a different world. It's great. Um, but after 15 years, I was glad to transition to sports talk radio and spend the last seven years here in San Diego. So I appreciate it. She's dog. I appreciate you asking. There's a million stories though from minor league baseball all right while we have a moment guys i do want to remind you about our longtime partner here on the wrap-up show and that would be our friends over at aura you can see the website on the screen right now ora.organic their co-founder will is such a great guy he's a huge padres fan he's a loyal supporter of this channel he's a native san diego and they have offices right here in liberty station 
in San Diego. All of their products are plant-based nutritional products. If you're looking to get healthier, we all are, whether it's ourselves, our family, our friends, our loved ones. You got to start with Aura. Their probiotic is terrific. I take it every day. I have for like a year and a half, every single morning, open the fridge, take two. Great for mental health, great for digestion, great for heart health. They have uh, pre-workout supplements, proteins for after-workouts, omega-3 oils. If you're taking a fish oil, you can take their omega-3 oil, sleep pills, immunity pills, and more. Shop at ORA.organic. They have much more. ORA.organic or click the link in the description down below. But again, if you're looking to get healthier, if you want to support someone that supports our work that's locally based here in Southern California in San Diego and Liberty Station, if you want to get healthier and we could all use supplements to improve our health, Make sure to check him out. Please support our buddy, Will, who's a huge Padres fan, by going to ORA.organic. Again, ORA.organic, or click the link in the description down below. Uh, what are we missing on tonight, guys? Um, what are we missing? I, there's was some discussion about September call-ups. You only have two anymore. I mean, this isn't the old days where you go from 25 to whatever you want, essentially. You could add five, six, seven players. And for a team like this, I don't even know what it, if it matters. I think the call-ups could get time because I think there might be a little bit of a youth movement here in September where some guys also go on the IL. So, yeah, it's just two September call-ups. But if you have more players go on the IL, well, you have more players coming up from AA and AAA potentially as well. I don't know the possible options. I would guess an additional catcher, maybe an additional reliever or pitcher. That would be my guess. Um, is there a name or two you want to see? I, I can't really think of anyone the top prospects in the organization right now aren't in the highest level of the minor leagues although you do have a ton of guys right now in double a um not in triple a um if you're calling guys up that aren't on the 40-man roster you'd have to make a move on your 40-man roster so i don't know what the expectations are for tomorrow there will be moves presumably so we'll see We'll see what those moves are, what impact would have on the Padres. Very little, obviously, in 2023. Could it jumpstart them in 2024, give some guys opportunities or experience that could benefit them in 2024? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm 100% on board with that. Um, they will call up players because all teams have the opportunity to do it. In September, there's no reason not to do it. So I could see the Padres calling guys up as soon as tomorrow for game two of this uh, four-game series where Michael Waka and his 10-2 and record and 2.84 ERA will be on the mound for San Diego. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I have no clue who the catcher is going to be. Um, typically, you'd like to have the extra catcher for flexibility with your lineup. Typically, you'd like to have the extra reliever, right? Um, but at this point, it's like you're, you're not thinking about it strategically at this point, or, or I wouldn't be if I was A.J. Preller. I'm like, well, Who's coming up and, and what's the reason? What's the motivation for bringing them up? But at 62 and 73, you're not trying to add pieces that really help you win. Maybe you're adding pieces that you are hoping to develop. Maybe you're adding pieces that allow you to give a player or two a little bit of additional rest. But you're not looking to do anything that's really helping you win um, would be my guess. And also, you have one fewer players in the big leagues right now because of the Suarez situation. So he dropped his appeal. I don't know what went on there. I really don't. Um, you know, he had defended himself, which is fair. Um, but I don't know what happened at the end of the day. I mean, it's probably clear as day. I don't, there's no motivation for the umpires to get this wrong. There's only been four or five instances of this all year long. So clearly there was a sticky stuff violation. He didn't like it. He fought against it. But at the end of the day, I'm sure the union, his agent said, I mean, 
you either appeal this thing and lose your appeal or you just get this thing over with. It's 10 games. You'll be back here in 2023, so just get it over with. And that's exactly what happened as he began serving his 10-game suspension here um, earlier today. Um, something I want to mention. Yeah, Bob, I don't know if anyone heard Bob Melvin post game. I don't know if you guys heard Bob. Um, I was watching on TV before we started, and I mean, he was at a loss for words, and he looked pretty angered, certainly frustrated. And, and to me, there was some anger in there as well. Um, I have him quoted as saying, the first six or seven innings is probably as bad as we've played. And then he went on to say that he couldn't explain it. So that's, a, I mean, that's a clear shot clear shot at his own team he has tried countlessly and repeatedly to get through to his team and nothing has worked and he has said it he's been honest he's been fair what he said tonight is spot on this isn't jace tingler saying we're battling this is bob melvin saying we're not and i respect that but unfortunately it is on him and his staff to get this team playing better than they are playing right now even if 90 percent of the blame goes on the team a portion of it has to go on the coaching staff when performances like this occur and they keep occurring. Every team in baseball has a night like tonight, but it's not a problem in Atlanta or Los Angeles or Houston or wherever else for the teams that are 10, 20, 30 games over 500 because you can deal with it when you're 10, 20, or 30 games over 500. When you're 10 or 11 under and your expectations are to win a World Series and this repeatedly happens, there has to be a level of accountability, uh, accountability up and down the, um, you know, from front office, even ownership, coaching staff, manager, players, everyone bears the brunt of the responsibility. And I get it. Bob Melvin's frustrated. You're frustrated. I'm frustrated. 40,000 people at Petco Park are frustrated. It's going to be a frustrating September. And the answers we're looking for, I don't know how they come or if they come or when they come. I really don't. And I don't even know what answer we're looking for. I think there, you know, there are some that would call for AJ Preller. There are others that would say it's Bob Melvin. There's others that would say Peter Seidler. Um, and his loyalty to AJ Preller is problematic. There are those that say they should cut bait with Juan Soto um, or they should trade one of the big four, which is basically an impossibility other than Soto, who's got one more year before he's a free agent. So, I mean, I w if I had the answer, then they would have the answer. And if they had the answer, they wouldn't be 62 and 73 and completely lifeless right now and publicly forward-facing, you know, with nothing to say. You know, Juan Soto's got nothing to say. None of these players can explain it. We don't hear from ownership. We haven't since June. Peter Seiler said, I believe in this team. I believe in A.J. Preller. Um, there's still plenty of time, and they've only gotten worse, of course, since then. They made that brief run and got to 55 and 56, and from there on, the wheels have fallen off, and they are, let's see, from 55 and 56, they are 7 and 17. 7 and 17 since that Dodgers series at home after they won game one and come from, come from behind fashion. 7 and 17. There's not a lot of teams in baseball that are worse than 7 and 17 in their last 24 games. Can't be more than one, two, or three. That's how bad they've been. One of the worst teams in baseball in the most meaningful part of their season. And you might say, well, they weren't going anywhere anyway. Well, they could have. What if they would have gone 17 and 7 over the last 24 games, not 7 and 17? Well, they'd be in a playoff spot right now if they went 17 and 7 in the last 24 games as opposed to 7 and 17. So it mattered. 
And unfortunately, if you were going to go one of two ways, you would have preferred to you know hit a high note, but they've hit a low note. And at this point, there is a very high likelihood they will go a full 162-game season without a four-game winning streak and be the only team in baseball to accomplish that feat. I joke. I kid. Is it a feat when you're, you, you don't want to do it, right? Quite the accomplishment. Um, oh, Lord. By the way, dude, if, if you have internet on the plane, then hop into StreamYard. That would be the first. If you can join us from the plane, then hop in. Okay, I think you're still on the ground. Your plane doesn't even take off till 1045. So why don't you come on? Come on, Jim. Click on that link in StreamYard. Join us from row 27, seat B, maybe a middle seat on that red eye to Philly. um, Because we need your two cents before this plane goes up and away for Wawa or wherever you're going tonight. Yeah, exactly. So get on in here. Be a man. Soft. He's on a red eye. People are saying, do it. Do it, Jim. Come on. Put some earbuds in. Tell the flight attendants, I I need a minute. Tell the pilot, you need a minute before takeoff. Okay? Do it. Come on. Be a man. He's not going to do it. He's soft. RH, I'll put you in timeout right now. Um, Okay, while we have a moment, guys, do you want to remind... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't peer pressure an amazing thing? Can we get... Oh, my... Look at that. (laughs) Are you in the last row of the plane? He's got like negative internet, which happens. Are you in the last row? You must be. Your internet. Type. Type something. Tell us what you're... (laughs) It looks like he's in the last row. He can't. You can't type. It looks like you're in the bathroom or the last... You can't, can't even, can. yeah, you can't even back your, your seat doesn't go back, right? <laughs> All right. That was good. Thanks, Jim. That was good. Sure, we can't hear him. Sure, he's in the last row. Sure, he's in the bathroom. Sure, he looks drunk. That's the last we'll hear from him for like five days. Um, is he in cargo? <laughs> Guys, reminder, if you're looking for the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, do so at underdogfantasy.com. You can screenshot that QR code right now. You can get to the Underdog Fantasy app or underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code PODSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. Get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Promo code PODSWRAP. Get a 100% deposit match up to $100. They have Great, great contest going on right now. You can draft. It's the best and easiest place to draft. You can do it on auto draft. You can draft yourself from there. They take care of everything. There are no waivers. There are no trades. They set your lineup for you. They have drafts starting at just $3 per draft for tomorrow's Major League Baseball action. In addition to that, they have pick I just did a college football pick tonight. 
I had three picks for college football action tonight. Utah, Florida. What else was tonight? Uh, NC State, UConn, UCF, Kent State. So they got pick across all sports. Major League Baseball, college football is here. NFL Week 1 is only a week away. If you're looking for a place to play fantasy sports and to support this channel, do it at underdogfantasy.com or on the Underdog Fantasy app and get a 100% deposit match up to $100 by using promo code PODSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P, or click that link in the description down below. By the way, you don't have to deposit $100. Deposit $10 or more. Get a 100% match at underdogfantasy.com by using promo code PODSWRAP. That's P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. Um, all right, guys, we're going to be back um, tomorrow. So here's the plan for tomorrow. And by the way, I missed this. Thank you, Fujiwara. I apologize for missing the super chat. If you guys are here, if you want to sneak in a couple of supers while we're here for the next handful of minutes, just click that dollar sign below the chat box. I'll make sure to get to them. Please subscribe if you are here as well. Subscribe to my brand new channel, our brand new channel, John and Jim, by clicking the link in the description down below. Uh, Fujiwara says, Padres media hype has created a toxic San Diego fan base. <laughs> Now, I disagree. It's an interesting topic. Are you referring, would you be including John and Jim in the wrap-up show in that comment, Fujiwara? That's my question. Because I don't think the media has anything to do with the team's performance. Okay, let's be honest. This is San Diego. The media has something to do with the team's performance. This ain't New York. This isn't L.A. If the media has something to do with the team's performance, then you got a, a soft team. Okay. Now, does the media have to do with a toxic fan base? I don't think so. I really don't. I really don't feel that way at all. Maybe some of you agree. Maybe some of you disagree. I don't think the hype, was it media hype or was it fan hype? Was it just social hype? Was it just excitement? Like, was it media hype when Manny Machado signed five years ago? Was it media hype when Xander Bogart signed? Or was it just hype? Was it just fan base excitement? So, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Fujiwara. I don't think San Diego's media is all powerful to really impact. I think you're giving the media probably too much credit. That's, that's personally how I see it. Um, this team did this to themselves. And this fan base has been really loyal. This fan base deserves a lot more from this team than what this team has given this fan base. In my point, it, it, you know, from my perspective, I mean, Petco is filled every night. Rich McGuire is there every single night. I mean, even a night like tonight, Thursday, one in five road trip, 37,000 people, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Overhyping us, thinking we, I mean, overhyping so that got to the clubhouse i mean i don't know i just i think it's a reach personally and i mean the media overhyped the team and then the the fan base gets mad because the team was overhyped i think the fan base hyped the team i think everyone overhyped the team it, i i there could be no media member in the world and fans would have been excited about the padres acquisitions in the offseason of xander bogarts that's how i look at it um, and thank you again for following up. He says the way how Padres media is overhyping the Padres super team thinking like we owe crud, but we don't example Philly's mural. That's what's in fam. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, I see those a little 
differently. Like that that's what that's more like a curse. Like that that's what's in thing or the mural. That's like like, you know, asking for a Kershaw meme type stuff. Um but I, I respect the opinion. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that say that. Um, fam heckling. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I respect what you're saying, but I, I, I happen to see it differently than that. I, I think this has nothing to do with anything other than a failure from the top down. And that if the team puts any of this blame on the media or the fans, that they have their they're misguided. Their anger should be pointed directly at themselves for the way they've played this year. The media has nothing to do with 0-11 and, and extra 6-22 and in one-run games and their inability to overcome two-run deficits all year long. That's how I look at it. Um, but appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, okay, guys. If you are here, please subscribe. You're on content for Padres fans. I mean, that is the whole conversation back and forth. Is it the media's fault? Is it not the media's fault? I mean, you can blame me and Jim for the Padres being 62 and 73, or you can blame the organization. You tell me what's more likely to be the issue with the Padres. Is it me and Jim, or is it Manny Machado underperforming and Xander Bogarts underperforming and the whole team underperforming? You know, you tell me how this team got in this spot. And I do blame Jim, by the way. I do. I mean, I think Jim is as accountable as anyone. If I'm being honest. All right. Subscribe. <laughs> uh, smash the like button. Follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer at Jim Russell SD. Join us tomorrow on the radio or at the Blind Borough. We're downtown at the Blind Borough, 7th and J. I'll be with Ben Fletcher. One year anniversary of San Diego Sports 760. So join us tomorrow at 3 p.m. Then join us tomorrow night as well for a wrap-up show following game two of this four-game series. Please support our partners, Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance, whether it's auto, home, renters, life, earthquake insurance, whatever it is you need. He's a San Diegan. He can save you money and time. He's a great insurance agent. He's our title sponsor. Click the link in the description down below. Aura, if you're looking to get healthier, their co-founder, Will's a San Diegan. Go to ORA.organic. They have the supplement for you that is plant-based. And then Underdog Fantasy or underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code PODSWRAP. You will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. It is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Let's just pick up the conversation here tomorrow at 3 on San Diego Sports 760. We're not doing John and Jim on YouTube tomorrow without Jim. I will do it next week, but we're on remote at Blind Borough. So join us on San Diego Sports 760 or the iHeartRadio app. I will be on YouTube tomorrow night wrapping up game two of Padres and Giants. For Jim, he showed up just briefly from his flight, red eye, from San Diego to Philadelphia. I'm John. Padres lose tonight to the Giants, disappointingly, 7-2. This has been the wrap-up show. Thanks, guys. Have a good night.